Welcome to the Driftless Makers Podcast, coming to you from the Platteville Business Incubator. I'm your host, Kate Koziel, Executive Director at the Incubator and Recovering Entrepreneur. The podcast features interviews with business owners from across Southwest Wisconsin, sharing their hacks and backstories on their road to success. You'll also hear from area experts on legal, financial, and other business operation experts to learn how to avoid the pitfalls and navigate the peaks of running your own business. The Driftless Makers Podcast, bringing you the hacks, horror stories, and humor of running your own business. This is Kate Koziel, and I'm with the Driftless Makers Podcast. And this morning, we have Scott Chaiko, who is a consulting engineer, as our guest this morning. And we'll talk to him a little bit about his career, his partnerships, and his new phase in life, which is uh, semi-retired, an enviable position. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Kate. So tell us about your career and uh, what you've recently retired or semi-retired from, where you got your start. Back in 2003, um, started up Delta Three Engineering myself, uh, Dan Dressens, Bart Nice. Uh, we were the three principals and started the company up with uh, five, a total of five of us. Uh, two other employees came with us. When I retired last year, semi-retired, um, we were up to 36 or 38 employees. So uh, we built a, a thriving engineering business together. And uh, had a great time doing it and uh, met a lot of great people along the way and uh, now enjoying the, the next phase, which is semi-retirement and just uh, spending more time with family and friends and having a good time. That's great. Delta 3, where did you come up with the name? <laughs> um, I was laying in bed. I think uh, I woke up one morning at like four o'clock like I usually do. And we were going through all kinds of different names. And I, I'm sitting there, what what is going to work here? And I thought Delta, you know, Delta is change. And there was three of us, three principals starting. So I thought, you know, a change for three, Delta three. Huh. That doesn't sound too bad. So I bounced it off uh, Dan and Bart. And they're like, yeah. That doesn't sound too bad. It's better than the other ones that we had up on the board. So uh, that's <laughs> that's where it came from. Were there any loser names that you remember? Uh, yeah. Um, I think, uh, what was that movie? Um, it was Magnus Engineering. And I was think the Gladiator movie was kind of bigger <laughs> on then. So it's going to be Magnus Engineering after one of the main characters. But uh, that one dropped out, fortunately. <laughs> Delta 3, very memorable and, and quite an impression. Tell us a little bit about the work over the years. You've really made your mark, literally, across the region. Uh, tell us a little bit about the scope of work that Delta 3 does. There's three of us, like I said, there's, you know, Dan and Bart and myself, and we all have different areas of expertise. Uh, I was structural, Dan's land development and surveying work and uh, some municipal work. And then Bart was mainly municipal work, you know, water and sewer plants and projects like that, you know, streets. So between the three of us, we bring a pretty diversified approach to any type of project. So the nice thing was that we all have different areas of expertise. We can bring that to the table. We can offer it to clients. And when it comes to our project, when we first started out, we were one of the, the few companies that could really take a, a project from the very raw land development stage all the way through to turn the set of keys over if you want to do a building project or something like that. So it was a, it was a good combination. I'm still part-time consulting with them right now, but uh, really more laid back and doing more of the retirement thing. But it was a, uh, it was a great combination for the three of us to build a company. Mm -hmm. Well, I've driven by libraries, uh, water treatment plants, and all sorts of things. What was the 
project that you think was probably the most challenging or the most memorable over your career? I've done quite a few. Um, the one for me personally, just because I was involved with it more than the other two because of the, the structural aspect was the Nuclearis Brewery. Uh, Worked with Dan and Deb Carey, um, the owners of the brewery. Uh, they're great people, smart, just uh, a great approach to doing business. They took a chance on us, which was uh, surprising considering some of the companies that were well-established that we're going against, but they took a chance on us, um, flew us out to Germany to learn uh, everything that we could possibly about a brewery because I, I had never done a brewery before. None of us had. Um, so they flew us out there, really gave us time to figure out what it was that they wanted and uh, a great business, good people. And uh, it's still going strong today. If any of our listeners have not been to the New Glarus Brewery, I refer to it as the Disneyland of beer. <laughs> it is amazing. And I had, you know, I'm a love to, you know, sample the local brews and had first started going to New Glarus, I don't know, 20, 25 something years ago when they were sort of in a garage, like barely. Like yeah, they had a they yeah. had a small, small brewery north of uh north of town and then they brought uh bought a hillside further further south of town and developed that. But a lot of the artistic part and the the vision for that was was Deb Carey, and she just uh, she was good on putting her ideas down on paper, and it uh, yeah, I think it turned out great. It's really it's it's stunning, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, Scott. So let's go back a few years. You and uh, Dan and Bart are you know just starting at the Platteville Business Incubator. What was mm -hmm. your dream? Like, where did you think this was going to go? And has what you've accomplished? exceeded what you thought it might be? I don't know if it exceeded what we wanted. I think we're all, we all have decent enough egos, believe it or not, but we, we figured we were going to be successful. Um, we wanted to build it up to a decent number of employees. I think at one time we probably shot out the number, you know, at least 50, 100 employees, something like that. I tell people the hardest thing to manage on a business sometimes is your success and growing a business and keeping all of the balls in the air and being able to pay attention to not only the financials, but the marketing part of it, um, keeping your customers happy and doing a good job. And then bringing in great employees that share your vision, that are, are willing to, to buy into what you're doing and, and work long, hard hours. It's There's just a lot to manage there. But uh, I think when it comes to everything that we did and the employees that we put together, it was just, it was a great experience. It was, it was a lot of fun and uh, they're still going pretty strong without me. So they're doing a good job. They, you know, they say you're replaceable and uh, I just check in once in a while, but they're doing a great job without me. That's really important information. And I think it's important to dream big when you can. Not yeah. everybody does that. They think, well, I just, I want enough so I can take care of, you know, my family, but you, and, and your partners really did have a big dream and really have accomplished, you know, great things, both for the business, but also for the region. Yeah. Um, you know, where else are we going to find in a, you know, a population of 10 or 12,000 in Platteville, such a great resource and an ability to, you know, build out infrastructure or build out municipal buildings and land development. Very important. Plus yeah. your contribution. I think you've been on the Platteville Incubator Board for I don't know how many years. 
Um, Quite a few. (laughs) I don't know exactly how many, actually. And and I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is no retirement clause from the Platteville. No, I I don't know if you read the fine print. You're on for life. Uh, (laughs) And and Dan's work with the Paydick board and, and, you know, Bart's contributions as well. So really across the board. All right. So partners are terrific because you have someone to sort of bounce an idea off. You have different expertises that come into play. But. It's also can be somewhat challenging. Tell tell me a little bit about how do you manage in a partnership when you're one third of the vote? Um, good question. It's it's not easy all the time, but uh, I can tell you that when we first started, my comment to those two was: when you walk in the door, check your ego. You know, check it at the door. Don't bring it inside because as long as all three of us. Our goal is to grow the business, and that's what we keep at the forefront. Then we're going to be fine. It's when we have to start um, keeping score on whose idea was this and who did that. that Then we're going to have problems. So I think we started out with a a good basic understanding of how we're going to operate the three of us. I was president of the company, but as you said, it was really more just the day-to-day operation things. Um, and then when it came to actually the vote, it was, you know, like I said, if you've got a good idea and a good point, they they go along with it. It's like I said, if it's the, the best thing for the company, um, that's really what we shot for every day. So did you always want to be an engineer, Scott? Is that sort of a dream from a child's perspective or how did you come to want to do that? Um, I was basically raised on a farm, so I was used to tearing things apart, putting things together, building things. And I, I knew I liked to do that. Uh, the engineering part, I don't know if I always wanted to be one. As I got older, I just thought, you know, the design part was more interesting than the, the tearing apart and putting back together sometimes. So I, I thought I'd give that a shot. But I think the way I grew up and, and just seeing how things worked probably gave me an advantage on just understanding and, and getting a foothold in the engineering field. Based in Platteville, we've got the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, big engineering school. What would you tell some of the new engineering grads that are just coming out of school and, and getting their start? Any Anything you wish you would have told yourself, you know, as a, as a young college grad? Well, I can say that Platteville is a fantastic place to go to school for engineering. It was the best choice I made. I, I could have gone to Madison. I was thinking of going. I was actually in the Air Force at the time when I was deciding I was going to school part-time and it's like, you know, do I go to engineering school in Illinois? Do I go to Milwaukee? Do I go to Madison? Do I go to Platteville? I was a little bit older, um, had been in the Air Force. I had two little kids and uh, picked Platteville and it was a great choice. The The ratio of instructors and professors to students was exactly what I needed to help me learn. The professors were unbelievable. The group that I had was just phenomenal and they still have great professors there. It was a great choice. It worked out great for me. And it's just the, the campus has grown, my gosh, has I think grown since I graduated, but it's a, it's a fantastic place to go and, and get an education. Running Delta Three, big job, lots of responsibilities, lots of things to manage. What do you do to like break the stress or take a break? What are your What are some of your tips for other business owners when they're feeling kind of at capacity? Mm. That's a tough one because you never really get away from it. Um, you know, if you if you don't own a business, and I think owning a business is a great thing, but if you don't own a business, you can you know. 
three o'clock, whatever, you can go home and, and kind of be away from it. You really never get away from it when you own it. There's always something that's on your mind. I mean, you're taking calls all hours of the night, early in the morning. The the stress is real. It's something that you just have to learn to deal with. Working out, running, different hobbies. That's one thing that I've always had hobbies. I just love doing different things and I can throw myself into restoring a 1950 Chevy pickup or doing some woodworking or assortment of different things. So being able to try and disconnect and get away from it. I've got a great family, great supporting wife. She was huge in, in keeping me on track, you know, being able to keep my head about me at, at times. So uh, a great support network, family, friends, and uh, a couple hobbies don't hurt. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And you, you do carry it with you, but if you can set it aside even for a few minutes and kind of recharge, I've found in some instances, you you do come back with a better idea than if you're, you stay in that stressed moment or that, you know, feeling overwhelmed, just try to yeah. walk away and catch your breath. Yeah, for sure. It's just, uh, yeah, like you said, you know, you know what that's like, Kate, you just, you don't get away from it. And I don't know if I ever took a vacation where I didn't work at some point. Not trying to make it sound like it's terrible because it's not. It's a wonderful thing. I loved it, but uh, you you have to be on call for your customer. So if something really important comes up and I'm in the middle of somewhere, I take that call and, and try and help out and, and get them through whatever question is or concern that they have. So recently you've made a big transition and you're now just a sort of a consulting partner for Delta 3 and mm -hmm. uh, Dan and Bart are running the show perfectly. Tell me, what's it like to go from always having, you know, your phone on and being responsible and 38 employees and however many projects are going on simultaneously? What's it like to not be in the corner office and running a big operation? It's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, there are a lot of family and friends that told me I was going to struggle. But I think the key is to have different outlets for your creative and your energetic side. And I've got so many hobbies that uh, I keep myself going. we got a small little farm at, outside of Platteville. So uh, I'm into the honeybee thing now and still working on that 1950 Chevy pickup that my wife says I'll never get done. And uh, got a lot of gardens. We've got 3000 Christmas trees. So I've got plenty to keep me going. And uh, I stay energized every day. I mean, I love getting up and just going out and taking care of whatever project it is that I decided to do that day. But um, it's great. I love it. Marvelous. Now, people have gardens, but not everybody has 3,000 Christmas trees. No, no. When is the farm going to open so that we can come by our trees there? Well, when I started, I didn't do the greatest job because I was trying to run a business and keep all these Christmas trees growing and trimming and, you know, picking pine cones off and things like that. But uh, this year we'll probably have 20 to 30 trees and the following year it'll probably double. So within the next two or three years, I think we'll be scaled up to been able to offer quite a few trees and do a little bit more advertising and marketing to get try and get people out here to see what we've got. Well, great. Well, when you need an elf to like welcome guests, you let me know. I'll come right You'd back. You'd be the person I think of. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your transitioning out of a leadership role. So here again, mm -hmm. we're going to go back to the partnership. There's the three mm -hmm. of you. You're kind of all running your own, you know, entities within this, this coordinated effort. So how do you start that conversation with a, with a partner? And I think many of our listeners might be interested. How do you start to transition out or, or tell them that you want to step back and hand off? How does that get started? And, and any key tips you have on making that a smooth transition? 
Well, it's never an easy thing for whoever it is that wants to to leave a partnership. Um, it's very tough. That was really a tough, tough thing. Um, but when you have partners like I had, I mean, Dan and Bart, um, I'm very fortunate that I had two guys that had the same values, the same work ethic. They were just really good guys to work with. So when I told them it was it was time for me to go, they understood. I think I'm 10 years older than Bart and probably, I don't know, 14 years older than Dan, maybe. So I was the old guy in the block um, and they were they were understanding. We work together. Um, a buyout is never a, a process that is not full of emotion. So especially for me, you know, something that we'd built together for almost 20 years to, to pull back, that process is difficult. But like I said, if you can throw yourself into something different, like I did, it, it helps you get through it. But uh, it wasn't, wasn't easy, but uh, they were great. They really, they really helped me through the process. And they're both, I mean, they're great engineers. They're good guys. They're good with people. They're doing great now. And they were very accommodating and helpful to get through the whole thing. The skill set that they bring is still going strong. And I have no doubt that Delta 3 is going to be doing great for a long time with those guys there. And they've got some younger guys coming through. Um, Joe Bailey is a partner there. Mark Digman is a partner. Um, they're, they're stockholders in the company and they bring a lot to the table also. And it was a great, great move on our part to offer that to those guys because they're, they're really strong and they bring a lot to the table also. That's great. And and did you work with a, sort of some, I'm, I'm sure, legal advice and whatnot, but was there any other outside consultants or resources that you used? Or did you just hold these conversations uh, within? I'm just wondering for, for others who might be seeking mm. this, what advice did you seek out and from whom? Well, we had we had a corporate attorney um, and he, he guided us through the whole legal aspect of it. We have our accountants that took us through the, the tax implications. And then we had an outside firm they brought in to do the company valuation. They, they set the stock price. And if you can bring in professionals that know what they're doing, which is what we did, it helps keep some of the emotion out of it as far as, you know, determining value, which is, which is not an easy thing. And, you know, we're engineers, we don't do that. So when you can bring an outside firm in that says, you know, this is typically how it's done. The attorneys drop the paperwork, the accountants put things together. Um, that's the way to do it, to, to try and take a lot of that on your own and figure out, you know, what, what a company value is, because you think you can do it. I wouldn't recommend that. Bring in the professionals that I do it for a living. It'll make the whole process a lot easier. Well, I think I can speak for the region in saying that the value of uh, Delta 3 is priceless. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the Driftless Makers podcast is hosted by Kate Colziel with the Platteville Business Incubator with sponsorship from the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation and Prosperity Southwest. We work closely in conjunction with our partners at Wibbick and SBDC and the Idea Hub. You can learn more about Driftless Area Entrepreneurship and the Platteville Business Incubator by visiting pbii.org.